The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America. Welcome to the 42nd ever show of All Around Sports. Reach Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this week and what's coming up for the weekend. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net which comes to me through my website at www.iirsportsoneword.com. As always, it was another wild week in sports, and as usual, I will discuss the highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items that dominated this past week. In 15 minutes, I will welcome today's call-in guest, Winter Adams, who covers the NHL and Boston Bruins for Inside Hockey, And in a half hour, we will be joined by our weekly expert guest, Barry Rubenstein of the New York Post. Well, my highlight of the week is, like everybody else, Lynn's sanity, the unprecedented and unlikely arrival of Jeremy Lynn from the New York Knicks onto the American sports scene, or should I say international sports scene. Given that he is a Harvard graduate, I was aware of his existence when he played up here, mainly because he was their best player when they upset Boston College a couple years in a row, and it helped put the Crimson basketball team on the map, and uh, they are today still leading the Ivy League and headed potentially for their first NCAA tournament. But what he is doing now is what makes sports truly great, coming from nowhere to becoming a household name, not only in North America, where he had the, and I say North America, given his game-winning shot up in Toronto this week, Uh, but also in Asia. He's uh, of Taiwanese-Chinese heritage, Uh, but he's done all this in less than two weeks, which is just uh, insane. I love Tebow Mania and immediately saw the similarities with Lin Sandy, but what elevates this is that it is happening in New York City, at the world's most famous arena. Boston, believe it or not, is already buzzing for the arrival of Lynn Sanity at the Garden, and it's still two weeks away. So uh, I hope he keeps it going for another two weeks and that he arrives in Boston with Lynn Sanity going as strong then as it is now. My low light of the week is the judge in central Pennsylvania loosening the house arrest restrictions on alleged child abuser and former Penn State assistant coach Jerry Sandusky. 
Having grown up in that area, this particularly pains me since they still don't seem to get it down there, especially when you consider that officials, administrators, from the elementary school that borders Sandusky's homes have been complaining recently about his, quote, staring from his deck of his house at kids on the playground, which led me to believe that knowing this was going to be put before a judge that he would be banned potentially from his deck during daylight hours. But instead, the judge went the other way and, has, again, loosened his restrictions, uh, a lot of it pertaining to uh, seeing his grandchildren. My bizarre story of the week is Randy Moss announcing that he is ready to return to the NFL. It appears that Randy has found a new medium since he announced his comeback on Ustream and then followed it up with a Linsanity video uh, just a couple of days ago. It's well documented that Randy is no fan of the media, which I witnessed firsthand up here in the Patriots locker room. Although I will say the one interaction I had with him, uh, he treated me very well during my one interview with him. But Randy used to live in uh, my small suburban town of Medfield, Massachusetts, when he played for the Patriots. So I find it interesting that he is following in the footsteps of another Medfield athlete, Kurt Schilling, who, as we all know, was uh, one of the first trailblazers in reaching fans unfiltered through his blogging back in the day. In my event of the week that I attended was the great Fenway Park Writer Series on Wednesday night. Uh, it's an organization that I've been a uh, longtime member of and, in fact, a charter member of. And I attended this event on Wednesday night at the fabled Bar Park, which, is, uh, which was marking the 100th anniversary of Fenway Park this year. No surprise, Fenway opened within weeks of the Titanic sinking in 1912. And the Red Sox have produced an amazing book about America's most beloved ballpark that is simply the biggest and heaviest coffee table book I've ever seen in my life. Uh, they gave it to all the attendees the other night, and uh, it is truly a coffee table book that would make Seinfeld uh, and his legendary coffee table book episode proud. So as we move to the actual 100th anniversary date, which is April 20th, when the Sox host the Yankees, trust me, this anniversary will be a huge national event, and the Red Sox, as they always do, We'll be uh, doing it up right that day. It actually makes me wonder what they're going to do the, the, the week, exactly one week before on Friday, April 13th. Yes, the Red Sox season opens on Friday the 13th. Um, and what they'll do for opening day because uh, they have a huge encore following exactly seven days later. Uh, another uh, event, if you will, that I went to this week was... Uh, attending Boston Celtics practice on Valentine's Day. And it was done in advance of them heading out onto the road for two weeks, which they, have, uh, which they started last night in Chicago. And I got the feeling uh, these next couple weeks on the road may decide their year and their possible uh, playing in the postseason. It has not started well, uh, with them being upset at home, 
before they started the road trip. Uh, they were upset Wednesday night at home by the Detroit Pistons. And then last night they lost to the Bulls without Derrick Rose. And uh, so, you know, I attended practice on Valentine's Day. It was a very, very festive atmosphere, a lot of fun, flowers being delivered to the players and just everybody in an upbeat mood, except for Rajon Rondo, who was still not talking after playing one of the best games of his career this past Sunday in a win over the Bulls. After that game, he did not talk to reporters. They waited around for a while at his locker, and uh, I think he was in the trainer's room or shower, whatever. He wasn't at his locker, and he ultimately did not come out. So we have yet to hear from Rajon following uh, what has really been one of the best weeks of his career. He followed up Sunday's game with a huge effort in the loss to the Pistons the other night. Played well again last night, and... uh, so, we're all anxious to hear what Rajon Rondo uh, has to say, if and when he talks. The Celtics this year, needless to say, remain an enigma um, in this very, very strange post-lockout season. And that's described here by uh, Celtics coach Doc Rivers. You know, I was uh, talking to a coach today, and that's what we were talking about. We were asking each other, you know check in a lot another conference the other conference and what did we underestimate and uh, you know it's funny we did the same thing the injuries uh, and uh, the execution uh, I mean, it's funny he said it before me and I'm saying good that's what I had uh, and it's due to the lack of practice uh, how, how do you work on execution if you don't practice uh, and if you practice if you don't practice live you know, skeleton that does nothing, even though you know the set is still different when that guy actually guards you, when the timing is different now. So um, he was saying that he's done this for a long time, we can tell you that much. And he said he's never seen his team execute this poorly in his life. And he said he's driving crazy. And he said it's, you don't practice what you expect. And as I mentioned earlier, uh, the Celtics are embarking on a two-week-long road trip, and here's what Doc Rivers had to say about going on the road. I think it's uh, good for the team in some ways, you know, uh, long, good road trips. It brings your team together, hopefully it's a lot But no, I think it's a good thing. Uh, I don't like that they're, you know, some of them are back-to-back and all that, but I don't mind the road. I've never looked at the road as a And uh, one of the highlights of the last week or so with the Celtics has been the play of, uh, of Juwan Johnson, who has really stepped up his game uh, with the Celtics. He's a rookie, and here's what Doc had to say about the play of Juwan. Brandon's craftier. I mean, Brandon's a little craftier because he's been in the league longer. Um, Juwan uh, is just more athletic and long. Um, you know, it's, I even loved the last game. I thought when the first three minutes, I mean, Boozer just completely attacked him when he saw him on the floor. And then I thought as the minutes went on, Juwan figured out a different way of, of trying to counteract Boozer's power. And I thought he got did a great job. He got deflections. He, I think what he realized is I can't let him catch it. You know, uh, but that's good. I mean, that's something you figure out in games. And I thought he did a good job of that. And one of the real pleasant highlights of uh, attending Tuesday's practice was, as I said, it was the festive atmosphere on Valentine's Day up at uh, 
the Celtic Suburban Practice Facility. And one of their recent additions has been uh, Michael Petrus, and uh, formerly of the Orlando Magic, where he played an integral role in leading them to the finals against the uh, Lakers a few years back. And he was just terrific. Uh, needless to say, he speaks French as well as obviously English. And uh, he just came out and was wishing everybody, including the media, happy Valentine's Day and bouncing around. And I just could not have been more impressed with uh, what an upbeat personality he has. And with the lockout this year, of course, there's a lot of back-to-back games, uh, if not back-to-back-to-back games, and here's what uh, Petrus had to say on the back-to-backs. So, you know, make sure everybody, everybody on the same page defensively so they know what we do offensively and defensively too. So I think, so, you know, once in a while it's good to have a practice, but it's, it's always good to have a rest too because we have so many games. We have back-to-back, two-backs, and two backs, backs, backs again. So we don't have much time to practice. And I think the the playoff is right about the corner. So you know we try to make adjustment before um, for the playoffs. And lastly, uh, Petrus uh, has been near the promised land, meaning he got to the NBA Finals against the Lakers uh, when Petrus was with the. Orlando Magic, and here's what he had to say on uh, how important it is for him to win a title. Yeah, I'm a pro. That's that's what it takes to be a pro, you know. Because uh, I'm I'm just trying to win a championship. That's my main focus, and it will always be my main focus as as a Celtics. Because uh, I'm here to win. I'm not here to show anybody who I can play. I'm I'm here to win. Well, again, as I said, Petrus has an infectious personality, and hopefully he'll uh, uh, assume his uh, role as a key member of uh, what will be a team that will get to, if not win, the NBA Finals. And uh, now, as my former co-host, Lemont Williams from Outside the Huddle, likes to say, it's time to pay some bills, so let's take our break, and coming on the other side will be Winter Adams of Inside Hockey. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network. And let's talk football. Have we got a high-energy, all-access sports show for you? It's Outside the Huddle, starring Lemont Williams. Each week, join Lemont as he takes callers, discusses the week's top stories in the world of sports, and sits down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business. Outside the Huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific for Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. 
You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And to join the show, the call-in number is one 888 346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. What's well, that time of the show when we often have guests, and joining us today is Winter Adams, who covers the NHL and the Boston Bruins for Inside Hockey, and also has her own website called The Pink Puck. And welcome, Winter. Uh, you and I met at Boston Bruins Media Day last October, uh, which seems like a lifetime ago. I know. Hi. Thank you so much for having me on. Um, Our- it was a lifetime ago, and I wish they were playing as well as they had been kind of back at the start of the season. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, well, it has been an interesting season of ups and downs so far for the Bruins. And, uh, you know, this was a week that was... Uh, featured both an up and a down. I know you were at the uh, last two home games. Uh, why don't we start with your take on uh, their loss to the Rangers on Valentine's Day, uh, the first place Rangers, I might add. And what were your thoughts being at the game? Um, it was definitely a tough loss going up against Lundqvist. It has been, even in the past games recently, just difficult. They can't seem to get the puck on him and that seems to be a trend also, again, with Renee, Pekka Renee, although they ended up playing better against him. It's just a battle of the goaltenders, and Tim Thomas isn't matching up, and I think he needs to kind of step up to the plate in the crease and help out the team. Um, the Rangers, I have a feeling we might face them in the playoffs, and that could be kind of difficult. They're just a solid team. They're playing how we were playing last year, essentially. Exactly. They, they they do have that look, and, you know, the Rangers are flying a little bit under the radar right now in the wake of the Giants' Super Bowl victory, followed immediately by the start and and continuance of Lynn's sanity. And, uh, but to say, you know, they have a strong, strong fan base, and I think that uh, I think the Rangers-Bruins uh, postseason series would be epic, to put it mildly. It would be epic, and it would be. I think it would definitely go to a game of seven. They both, when the Bruins are playing at their best, they're extremely equally matched teams, and it's anybody's game. Absolutely. Now I know you were also at uh, last Saturday afternoon's Nashville Predators game up here at the Garden, and uh, it was a Bruins victory, and it was a great victory. It was very, very high energy game. And uh, what were your thoughts about that game? Um, on, I mean, in all honesty, I think that we didn't play our best again, and that can, it seems to be a frustrating trend, obviously, for the team. And it was more of a, they won on luck. I mean, the shot that Tyler Sagan had in the shootout on Renee was pretty incredible. Last minute, got past him, and that is what saved the team for the win. Yes, now, uh, you know, going back then, uh, a few weeks prior to that, I know you attended in Ottawa the NHL All-Star Game. Uh, why don't you tell our listeners about uh, what that experience must have been like? 
It was actually my first All-Star game to cover. I covered the NHL awards back in June in Vegas, but the All-Star game is unreal. And if anyone ever gets the opportunity to participate and go, even not as a member of the media, but just as a fan, it's a great experience. They have tons of events all weekend. The NHL does a nice job putting it on. And just to see that many talents on one sheet of ice is incredible, the things that these players can do. Obviously, you see them individually on all of their teams, but to see them all playing together and getting along and not going against each other is pretty cool. And just the dynamic that they have, it's nice to see that they, being individual talents from different teams, they all put that aside. And, I mean, you had Tim Thomas on the same ice as the Sedin Twins from the Vancouver Canucks. And <laughs> that's that was interesting. definitely something... A sight to see for sure, especially after how the you know whole series ended on Vancouver's side. They seem sure. to not like us so much, and rightfully so, I guess. Correct, correct. Uh, yeah, that is, the only thing more interesting than that would have been seeing him with uh, Roberto Luongo, needless to say. There would have been some and, you tire know, pumping, right? <laughs> tire pumping, exactly. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, speaking of Tim Thomas, I mean, obviously... Uh, there's a lot of play up here, some national, but certainly up here uh, of, you know, his recent behavior where, of course, he did not go to the White House with the team for the championship ceremony with President Obama. And then he came out recently with some other remarks on his Facebook page, uh, you know, where he mentioned, uh, you know, Nazism and religion and, you know, a dangerous topic, shall we say, to put it mildly, and uh, and then re- refused to talk about it with reporters. Uh, so, you know, which was another, created another bit of a firestorm up here. But what's, what's your take on the whole Tim Thomas situation? I mean, I don't want to comment on it too much, only because it's become such a huge thing with the Boston media and in the Bruins locker room. Um, I think that it definitely, no matter what they they say, it's having a taking a toll on the team. I don't under, I don't see how it couldn't. Um, I think that he should just stick to kind of what he does best, and that's play hockey. And the sooner he gets back to that, the sooner the team can kind of put it past it past them and get back to maybe the play that they were playing in November when they were on their hot streak. Um, it's it's hard to say, and I. I wish I could add more insight as to why he's been kind of going out there. You would think after the whole media firestorm, as you had mentioned, up here happened after the first comment and snubbing the White House, maybe he would have pumped the brakes, but he just keeps on throwing comments out there and it's making it more difficult, taking away from the hockey, which is what it should be. Well, right, you are. And, uh, you know, when you say it's a distraction, it's because now, you know, the media does what the media does, uh, as I well know, since I'm a member and, and you too, which is when you don't get a comment from the source directly, what you do is you automatically go to the other players and or the coaches. And uh, so, you know, th- there's the distraction right there. And that's exactly what happened. No surprise. And uh, I think really it's... Uh, We've all heard the the term, you know, it's tough to separate church and state, or there should be a separation of church and state. And in this case, Tim Thomas is hitting on both church and state and, you know, 
there should be a separation from hockey, but it's just impossible. It just doesn't work that way. And uh, as he is very much finding out, and everybody up here in Boston is too. Uh, but, you know, you referenced the uh, NHL award show out in Vegas, which I think was last summer, and I know you were there. What, what was that like? That was, again, my first event, um, to first awards event, and actually first NHL event that I covered outside of being strictly Bruins. And it's a lot of fun. The players are, it's, the Bruins had just won the cup, so it was, the excitement was magnified for me personally because I'm from Boston. Um, but it was, it's again, you get all these great talents, but it's more focused on the best of the best where, where it's players who have done great things in the community and they're winning awards for that. Then you have Tim Thomas winning the Conn Smythe Trophy for, obviously his great participation throughout the entire season. And then he also won the Vesna, which goes for the best goalie in the league. So you get to see the best of the best talents go up against each other and winning awards and being recognized for the things that they are out on the ice to do. And it was a lot of fun. And and that's pretty much all the NHL events are based around fun and the fans get to participate in a lot of things as well, which is great, and I think it's nice that the league recognizes its fans so often and respects them and has them incorporated into all these events as well. Yeah, well, I'm sure they are fun because, as we both know, hockey players are simply the nicest athletes in any sport to cover. And... uh you know, so I'm, I'm sure that going to events like award shows, all-star games, uh, you know, they're even in a better uh, frame of mind, easier to interview, interact with, what have you, and uh, than they would be on a normal basis after games or after practices. Uh, now, Winter, what's your outlook on the Bruins, uh, you know, as we really head into a critical time of year? Uh, I know they're on the road for a bit and, uh, you know, they need to get some playoff positioning and then roll into the postseason. W- what's your take on the team as it currently stands and what you see ahead? Right now they are out on the road for six games, and in the past they've proven to it's a great experience for them, and they seem to – I spoke to a lot of the players. They actually had the Bruins Casino Night this past Sunday night, which benefits the Boston Bruins Foundation. I was speaking to them about heading out on the road, and they all said the dynamic's a little bit different. They get to bond more as a team, and they feel that they play better on the road. They had the great their road trip this time last season. They won every game. Um, They won the other night in Montreal for the first game heading out, so let's hope that's a good start. They're playing in Winnipeg tonight. So we'll see. We've played pretty well against Winnipeg so far this season. And I think if they can get back to the hockey, the grassroots per se of hockey, just play the game the way that they have been playing in the past, maybe not the past recently, but if you go back further into the season, I think if they can get back to that kind of hockey, they'll be in good position to take on the playoffs and hopefully defend that title for the cup again well it's certainly going to be fun to watch to me uh and to many people the most exciting thing in all the sports is the stanley cup playoffs and uh i know in addition to your work for inside hockey uh that you also have your own website called the pink puck uh why don't you tell us a little bit about that 
the pink puck is started off as my little pet project. It's more it's aimed more towards female hockey fans and female hockey players. Uh, I play ice hockey for fun right now in a recreational league, and it's important to me to kind of get it out there that women play the sport as well. It's predominantly a male sport, but it's becoming much more of a female sport. If you look at the past Olympics, you mean Team USA won a medal, Team Canada won gold. It's a huge thing, and it's not as recognized in the female sports as other, I mean, female basketball and things like that are looked looked out more frequently. So my site is focused on getting the knowledge out there for basic hockey fans. I have terms of the week, so you can learn a, a little bit about things that you might not understand, like icing. And I also have kind of fashion-oriented because I'm obviously girls like fashion, not all girls, but it's nice to incorporate that. But everything relates back to hockey. And it's thepinkpuck.com. And even if you're not female, it, there's still a lot of cool stories on there as well. And like I said, I covered the Bruins Foundation Night, so there's stuff about that and a lot of charity events and a little bit of everything, something for everyone. Well, that sounds great. Uh, I wish you the best of luck with that. I mean, the Bruins are great with charity events. I had heard good things about uh, this past Sunday's casino night, which you had mentioned. And, uh, yeah, I believe, you know, women's hockey, you know, made a quantum leap uh, this past Olympics when, you know, the American women won the gold. And, uh, you, you know, that was part and parcel of, of course, the showdown leading up to, you know, the American men versus Canada for uh, the men's hockey gold. And, uh, you know, I, I think the women's hockey team, you know, rode that wave. And obviously you and I are up here in one of America's hockey hotbeds, if not the hottest of the hotbeds. And uh, so, yeah, so women's hockey, I mean, you know, both uh, played by some of the colleges and, of course, the high schools up here. It's a big deal. Uh, it's not nationwide, but I think up here in Boston, it's part of the fabric. Absolutely, and there's also uh, Boston has one of the only American teams which participate in the Canadian Women's Hockey League. They play in Harvard, so that's if you want to check out women's hockey, I think that would be a great place to start. Not to mention, you had said the college games, the collegiate te- collegiate teams up here are just incredible. Obviously, men's hockey is crazy, but also the female female teams, and it's a the rules are a little bit different, and the style of play is different, and so it's nice to get a little taste of both. Absolutely, no doubt about it. And of course, a lot of the collegiate hockey players were on from this area in Boston were on that uh, Olympic hockey team, so. Uh, well, Winter, you know, I really want to thank you so much for coming on. You've been very enlightening to all hockey fans. And, uh, you know, it's not going to be too long before the uh, postseason is upon us. And when that happens, I'd certainly love to uh, have you on again to get your take on uh, if the Bruins can make another successful run for the Stanley Cup. Great. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Our pleasure, Winter, and thanks again for taking the time. And now it's time for our break, and joining us on the other side will be our weekly call-in expert, Barry Rubenstein from the New York Post. 
internet flagship station for sports. It's the revolution with Jim and Trav, brought to you by Zeiss. This week on the show will be... Four-time champion of champions, turkey caller Mark Prudhomme from Georgetown, South Carolina, David Hale with Night and Hale Game Calls, Mike Stock with Winchester Ammo, and the president of Ruger Firearms, Michael Pfeiffer, when we talk spring turkey hunting. All brought to you by Ram Trucks at ramtrucks.com. Wednesdays at 1 Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. I'm Jim Ferguson. I'll see you on the trail. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Kevin Lewis has been a student of the game his entire life, from Little League to the NFL. Tune in Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on Voice America Sports. Hustling with K. Lewis. It's not where you start, it's how you finish. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And to join the show, the call-in number is one 888 Three four six nine one four four, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And joining us on the line is our weekly call-in expert, Barry Rubenstein from the New York Post. And welcome, Barry. Uh, first, it's a Super Bowl championship, and now it's Lynn Sanity. So New York sports fans must be loving life right now. So it went, yeah, and it went from from one to the other relatively quickly. I mean, uh, I think that uh, I'm trying to remember. I think we had not we had you know the Giants in the back page obviously uh, every day at the post, and then uh, the only day that interrupted Jeremy Lin was the day of the uh, the Giants uh, Super Bowl parade in in, uh, in the Canyon of Heroes. So uh, ever since then, it's been a steady diet of, of Lin Sandy in New York and and also around the country. I mean. This has become a national story, and it's it's it's, it's really amazing. I mean, you, you kind of wonder, you, you you kind of figure that it, it it has to stop at some point, but it, it just hasn't yet. And it it is truly amazing that the the effect that that you know this this one guy, this one guy that really nobody had ever heard of really before a couple of weeks ago, has just kind of taken the whole the whole NBA and the whole sports world by storm. You know, now he's on the cover of Sports Illustrated, and you know he's mentioned everywhere. There's you know, signs in the signs all over Manhattan about you know Jeremy Lin and insanity all over the internet, all over TV. It's just you, you can't get away from it now. It's just it's this phenomenon that just sort of just keeps picking up steam, and it's like it, it, it's it's a perfectly made story. I mean, you you couldn't have written up a story like this if it were fiction, but it's not fiction. It's real. It's really happening, and it's just so hard to believe. And it, it's 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 fun. And it's organic, and it's. 
you know, it's one of, it's not one of these stories where you have to create every day. We have to, you know, kind of, well, how are we going to advance this story every day? It just sort of advances itself by what he's accomplished. I mean, you know, start, look at it this way. The Knicks have won uh, seven games in a row with him in the starting lineup, and this is a team that was kind of teetering on, you know, uh, on the abyss. You know, uh, Mike D'Antoni was, was rumored to be on the firing line. If the Knicks were, were to lose any more games in that losing streak they had, he may have been fired, and they were, they were really struggling. But they've won seven in a row with Jeremy in the starting lineup. He's averaging more than 24 points, more than nine assists. He hit a game-winning three to beat Toronto. He hit a free throw to beat Minnesota. He outscored Kobe Bryant on national TV. I mean, it's just, it, it's, it, I don't know how else you can say it. It's, just, it, it, it's really an insane kind of story or an insane type of story, if, if I must say. Um, it, it's just been crazy. And it's, really, it, it's one of those stories that there's really no explanation for. It just, it just sort of has grown and it's snowballed and it's taken on a life of its own. And it's just going to, it's, and then, you know, the rules, the laws of averages will tell you that, yeah, it has to even off sometime. It has to come back to earth. But that's really happened yet. I mean, his last game, he, he only had 10 points, but he had a career high 13 assists and they beat Sacramento. So, you know, uh, you know, he kind of went, he went down in points, but he rose in the assists. You know, Amari Stoudemire is now back in the lab. Carmelo Anthony is expected back this weekend. So we'll see this whole Knicks team. You know, with Carmelo Anthony, that's been the whole talk. You know, you know, you know. As we know, Carmelo likes to shoot. So, will will his presence mean that that Jeremy Lin will be shooting less? You know, we'll we'll find out how all that works. But in the meantime, it's been it's certainly been a fun story in New York and also around the country. And you know, and until it slows down, it's it's just going to keep on going. It's just kind of as I said, snowball and taking on a life of its own. And it's been fun for sure. Oh, I hope it just keeps going. Uh... You know, I watched last Friday's Lakers-Knicks game when he had 38. It was amazing to see. And, you know, frankly, one of the first times in a while that, you know, I've tuned into a non-Celtic NBA game for its entirety. And it was just riveting, to say the least, the whole Kobe Bryant backdrop, uh, the Lakers being the Lakers, all of it. And just great to see the Garden come to life. And then... uh you know, I watched his game-winning shot the other night as best I could. I was watching ESPN NBA Live, and, uh, you know, they, they cut to it within a matter of seconds after he hit it. And uh, so I think it's great. Now, one of the things I found interesting is, you know, the word Linsanity was born after, I think, Game 2 and certainly after Game 3. Um how did that, do you know how that came about? Like, it was just so instant, you know, it was like literally, I think I'm 99% sure it was right after game two, which is just incredible. I mean, I know they're starving for a point guard, but wow, that came quickly. Yeah, yeah it did. And, you know, well, that's, that's, that's the business we're in is to, you know, combine in. And I don't want to know that, I don't know that, 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 you know, we were the ones in the media who came up with it, but it just sort of was an easy one, you know, because it was, it was insanity, you know, for right. you know, a guy to pretty much come out of nowhere, his first start against the Nets scoring 25 points and they win the game. Then his next start against Utah, so he scores 28, they win the game. Uh, and then it just sort of, you know, kept going from there. But yeah, it's been crazy. And now, you know, I, I see, uh, I saw an ad in the, in the, in the, uh, in the paper today that uh, there's a sporting goods store uh, down here selling Knicks jerseys, number 17, but instead of Lynn on the back, it actually says the word Lynn Sanity. So it's just, <laughs> it's really, it's, it's, it's really taken on a life of its own everywhere. I mean, you, know, you really can't get away from it now. And it's just, it's just sort of just, it's just the story that, that pe- 
people have really have really grabbed and enjoyed and you know and the, and the funny thing about it was you know the game they played in Toronto where they won it as 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 luck would have it it happened to be Asian Heritage Night in Toronto so oh I didn't know they, that wow they, oh yeah they so they sold out um, the Rogers Center for this game and it was it was like a home game for the Knicks because of course. Most of the fans there were of Asian heritage, and of course, knowing Jeremy Lin and the Knicks were coming, by then Lin Sandy had, had crossed the border into Canada. So um, it was like they had sold out the Rogers Center for, I believe, only the second time this season. Most of the fans were rooting for the Knicks, and it was just a, a wild atmosphere. So, you know, it's, so it's gone international, certainly, at least uh, in this hemisphere. And uh, it just, it's just, again, this is going to be one of those stories, and it's a fun one. It's an easy one because, you know, normally, uh, when you have a when you have a story, it's like you try to find more things about more find out more things about the person or the event that you're covering. And okay, how do we push this forward? How do we how do we advance it? But it's it's kind of it's kind of writing itself in a way. Uh, so it's 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 really it's a novel story. It's something that doesn't happen very often, obviously. Um, and you know, and it, it's it's energized. Uh, the Knicks fan base to to an unbelievable degree. I mean, the Garden is like now the place to be seen. Just in the span of a couple of weeks, what this one guy has done basically put the Knicks back on the map. And you know now, you know, we're, whereas before, uh, you know, nobody was really sure what was going to happen with this team. But it's been it's been absolute bedlam at the Garden every night. And now it's going on the road too. And it's 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 just uh, you know, again, there's no explanation for it. Um, you know, here's a guy who kind of you know, fits into Mike D'Antoni's system. Um, you know, moving on in the Knicks really did not have a point guard. Uh, you know, wondering if Baron Davis is going to come. You don't even hear about Baron Davis anymore. So, you know, for, nope. for weeks and weeks, every, the story is, well, when's Baron Davis coming back? Oh, how's his back? When, you know, how soon is he coming back? I don't, I don't think Baron Davis is even a thought anymore. And now that Jeremy Lin has kind of, you know, taken over, uh, taken over the city certainly, and uh, doing his best to take over a, a national spotlight. So it's just, and he's, a, and the thing is too, he's a humble kid. Um, you know, there's, uh, you know, there's been comparisons made between uh, him and Tim Tebow, uh, which you might be aware of. Um, which I made you know, again, in my he, opening he, segment. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's, uh, you know. He, he, uh, he's he's a, he's a Christian and you know uh, very uh, heavy on uh, on faith and listen you know it's it's there's a lot of comparisons and it's just uh, it's just been absolutely crazy uh, so yeah it's 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 been a lot of fun to cover a story like this and it's just you know even you know, even you think it has to end at some point you know who knows when it's going to end I mean you know just the game in Toronto I thought was just amazing. The way that took place, and you know, again, you couldn't you couldn't script out something like this. That you know, uh, you know, when they say art, you know, life imitates art sometimes, and art imitates life. But in this case, uh, you know, certainly, uh, this has been a story that's just been a lot of fun. And again, it's been organic. It's not something that that really was was manufactured at all. You know, it's just sort of uh, the right place, right time, right situation. And uh, you know, this guy steps in and has done a remarkable job, and continues to do a remarkable job. Well, it's been great. I mean, there's a couple unique elements to the story, some of which you touched on. One, obviously, is his Asian-American heritage. Another is the fact he's sleeping on his brother's couch. People love that. They relate to it. Uh, the other is that it's happening in New York. Another one is the fact that he played for Harvard, not exactly an NBA factory. And, uh, and you know, I think all those 
elements are helping the situation. And then, um, not the least of which is, uh, again, you, as you referenced, his humble attitude. I mean, he's very much like Tebow in that he's quick to give credit to teammates. He's just, uh, he's likable. It's just that simple. He's likable and is also benefiting from the term Linsanity getting billed right out of the box. And, you, you know, so once you have that, that, that helps when one word instantly identifies the situation. And uh, so I think it's just been fabulous. And, uh, you know, well, Barry, uh, I just think it's great. You, you, I love the New York perspective you were able to give to it. And, uh, yeah, I hope it continues, too. Now, let me ask you this real quickly before our break. Is Carmelo, I know... I know Jeremy Lin is, and the Knicks are playing tonight. Is Carmelo coming back tonight? Uh, the word is he's going to come back sometime this weekend. There was talk that he was going to come back tonight, but I don't think that's going to happen. It's, uh, you know, I know they were saying, it was, they were saying that uh, it was possible he would play tonight. I think, um, I think he's targeting uh, later on in the week or sometime this weekend. I don't think he's playing tonight. Okay. And who are they playing tonight, the Knicks? The, the Knicks are playing the... Um, hold on one second. And I should have this. And this is a good indication. It's like it doesn't even matter who they're playing. It's like, you know, the Knicks are on. New Jeremy Lin is playing. Are the, are the, the Hornets tonight. In the Garden. That's correct. All right. Well, I think we've, uh, you know, got a good perspective on Lin Sanity. Again, I just love your New York perspective on it. Uh, the, your newspaper has been having uh, a good couple weeks with headlines between. Uh, Lynn Sanity and, of course, the Giants winning the Super Bowl. Uh, I'm sure it's just a, a great time to be working down in the newsroom. Uh, but with that said, uh, you know, why don't we take our break now, and when we come back, we'll talk about a piece of news coming out of New York that was not so good, which, of course, is the untimely and way too soon death of uh, former Mets catcher Gary Carter. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. We some hard hitters. We some hard hitters. Hard hitting radio is a new kind of sports and entertainment show. Your hosts are NFL veterans Mark McMillan and co-host Byron Evans. It's an hour of hater-free radio every week. You'll hear interviews with top athletes, celebrities, coaches, and fans. It's humor, hits, and conversation. Hard-hitting radio is on with McMillan and Evans. Listen Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Network. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. 
You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. And still with us on the line is Barry Rubenstein from the New York Post. And Barry, just to close out the conversation from the previous segment, my pick of the weekend for appointment television viewing is, no surprise, Jeremy Lin playing against the New Orleans Hornets tonight. And uh, as I said, you know, all the news uh, related to New York is not great. And yesterday we got the... Somewhat surprising uh, news that Gary Carter had died, the former Mets and Montreal Expos catcher. And uh, I knew he had brain cancer, had, hadn't heard anything in a couple months, which is frankly never a good sign. And then, boom, the, the news hit yesterday. And, of course, you know, to Red Sox fans, uh, Gary Carter will always be the guy who started the rally in Game 6 of the 1986 World Series. The Mets had two outs in the bottom of the ninth, and uh, things were looking as bleak as they could from the Mets' point of view. And Gary Carter, Carter stepped to the plate, wrapped out a sharp single to left center, and um actually heard a great story just to start off on a positive note yesterday tim kirkchen from uh espn was talking about the death of gary carter and he just told a great story which was gary carter never swore which i did not know and never used profanity and apparently after he hit that single in game six in the bottom of the ninth got to first base and turned to the first base coach, Bill Robinson, who had a great career with the Pittsburgh Pirates, and just simply said, there's no way I'm making the last bleeping out in this World Series. And that was it. And I just thought that was just a great line. And, you know, I, again, I didn't realize he did not use profanity and more power to him. And uh, But quite a personality, Mr. Upbeat and uh, Hall of Fame career and boy, 57, that's just way, way, way too young and I know he suffered from brain cancer for a, a year or more at least, I had first heard about it at least a year ago. Yeah, it's, and, and you know, it, as, as, as happy and giddy as New York has been you know, the past month, the you know, person the Giants now with Jeremy Lin, you know, yeah, certainly it, 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 this, is a, this is a sobering piece of news, especially, you know, for those of us who grew up, you know, watching Gary Carter, who were Mets fans, um, you know, back in, back in the day and when the Mets were, were had, had a great team in 1986. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, Gary Carter and Keith Hernandez were, were the hearts and souls of, of that team, and it was, you know, as you mentioned, that, that uh, single uh, in the 10th inning of Game 6 that, that you know, that started that, that famous, the rally and comeback, um, you know, it, it, it's it's something that we knew was coming. Um, you know, obviously he he was first diagnosed about a year or so ago, and you know there was talk of, from the Carter family about how you know they were trying to aggressively treat it and how he was a fighter, and you know no one doubted the fact that he was going to fight it. Uh, they uh, you know and they were they were they were addressing it as best they could, and then uh, back in I believe it was uh, a couple months ago doctors found additional tumors, so you knew at that point it was just going to be 
a matter of time. But, you know, I think it's one of the situations where, you know, anyone that, if, if anyone has been in this situation, whether it be a family or friend or acquaintance, someone that you know uh, that has this type of illness, you know that it's just going to, you know, when, when it happens, even though you you ultimately expect that it's going to happen, it's, it's still a shock and it's still sadness. And, you know, certainly for those of us who were Mets fans who remember you know, what he accomplished and what that team accomplished, yeah, it's, it's, it's a sad day. And, uh, you know, there's lots of great, you know, and, and you know, obviously when something like this happens, you know, you have uh, lots of people commenting, you know, certainly, you know, most of, uh, I've seen quotes from most of the 86 team, um, you know, on, on the Internet, all of, on the news, all over the place talking about uh, Gary Carter. And, you know, as you mentioned, you know, he, his, his nickname, he was known as the kid, and you know, a lot of people felt, uh, you know, realized that that nickname was because, you know, of his joy for the game. They played it like, like a, you know, as a child would enjoy baseball. But, at, but actually, it was, it was actually um, the nickname "kid" was actually, in, in, in its essence, kind of derogatory because it was kind of poking fun at the fact that, you know, uh, he was so squeaky clean, and it was more meant as a mockery of him in the beginning. But, it, but he sort of embraced it and turned it around because. He really was. He played with a smile, and he enjoyed the game, and he his his enthusiasm was infectious on that team, and and his teammates really grew. You know, were, you know, were initially to be like, get over this guy, because if you remember, the the '86 Mets were known for their off the field, uh, shall we say, uh, uh, partying abilities. You know, they were they were kind of a reckless bunch off the field, uh, and they were you know kind of uh, they 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 kind of uh, lived life very loosely. But uh, Carter was an antithesis to that. He was, uh, you know, obviously um, very religious, obviously took the game very seriously, loved the game, enjoyed the game. But his enthusiasm, his ability, his, uh, you know, his talent and his ability to lift the team when it needed it most, you know, his, his, his teammates respected that. And, uh, you know, it's funny. There was a, a, a quote I saw uh, from Lenny Dykstra uh, this morning, he was talking about uh, a time when he and Wally Backman were drinking in a hotel lobby. It was, you know, two in the morning or whatever it was. And they said, let's go wake up Carter. Let's go wake up Carter. And Backman's like, I don't know if we should do that. But Dykstra banged on Carter's uh, hotel door. And uh, Gary Carter answered the door. He was bathroom. He was obviously asleep. And uh, he, he, and, you know, he, and, Dykstra told the story, you know, Gary never cussed, never did anything. And nor did he cuss then, but Carter grabbed uh, Dykstra by the throat, pinned him against the wall, and looked at him and just as if you ever do this again. And Dykstra said he could just see the fire in Carter's eyes. And, you know, they just, they just respected him so much for, for, they respected who he was, they respected what he brought to the game, they respected everything he did. And it, it's a very sad day in New York because Gary Carter was a, is, it was a, a, a great catcher by all accounts. Uh, a great man as well, great family man. Uh, you won't find anybody to say anything negative about Gary Carter ever. And, uh, you know, it's just he'll be remembered as the guy who, who you know, really sparked that team to win that championship. And uh, a lot of heavy hearts in New York today thinking about uh, Gary Carter. And a lot of, lot of smiles thinking about what he accomplished, but uh, a lot of sadness about uh, a life that's over uh, way too soon at 57. Well, I, very sad and... Uh to say the least, and he was, in my mind, the missing piece that they needed to become a world championship team as they did in 1986. And believe it or not, Barry, that will wrap up yet another show. And thank you so much for your New York perspective. Extremely valuable between Lynn Sanity and Gary Carter. And uh, 
So thanks again for joining us. And, uh, you know, as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports. And we look forward to doing it all again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.